What's the uh, What's the little gif that people use all the time? Where Nancy Pelosi walks in and she's like, well, I would say good morning, but it's not a very good morning. Welcome into the Plank Show. Now, I say that in all sincerity that we sit here at 9.04 a.m. after one of the more traumatic moments on on live TV and we still don't have an answer on the the health and the condition of one DeMar Hamlin. And I don't know about you, Josh, and let's just start here. KJ is coming on today. I think she is. I know this is meet week for them, so there's a lot going on, and I'm just I'm fired up to talk to her. I spent uh, three hours on the, the air last night talking about the four bowl games yesterday and the national championship pictures, so we got a ton to recap. And, I, and like I said, I almost, Josh, almost got the tweet out before the show started. Oh, so close, so close. I have tons to get to on KREF Sports with Josh on ref. Latest on DeMar Hamlin, tons of bowl talk, and then it stopped there because we have our boys meet up, even though it – I was cracking up, by the way, sidebar. I was cracking up. I was like, Jump, Stidham is dominating, blah, blah. I'm like, literally, he's doing the same thing early in games that Derek Carr has done all year long. If you have watched the Las Vegas Raiders, that's the first half for the Raiders in 2022. But there's some people that are just so anti-Carr. Anyway, I'm not going down that road today. Remember, we made that promise on Thursday. We'll save that for our West is Best podcast. But we got a lot. We got a lot to get to. So, um, with that in mind, good morning, Josh Helmer. How are you? Good weekend. Yeah, it was a uh, happy new year to you and to the ref army out there. It was uh, an awesome weekend, save for obviously Monday night football last night, which put a damper on everything. And just you know, watching that. So Mondays we do our live podcast, right? Oh, okay. You and John on Locked On Sooners. We didn't do it last night. We oh, okay. We didn't feel it was appropriate. Oh, was, so you guys were taping while this happened? We we were set to go live okay. at nine, and then just kind of decided it wasn't really the appropriate time. Should we not be doing the show then? Well, no. I, I we good? All right, cool, cool, cool. I think we're good. I'm, all right, all right. So we'll make just, sure. Just to put it to perspective, last night was such a. Yeah, strange, Jarring. dark sports night. It it didn't in last night's moment feel appropriate while that coverage gotcha. was going on on ESPN to then just like, hey, come watch us talk about the Sooners. So all of which is to I say it was an, it yeah. was an awesome, happy New Year, and yet it's like there's this cloud hanging over the sports sure. world right now. Um, so are you saying that John Williams and Josh Helmer would probably look down on me with my Vince McMahon theory in the middle of our bowl show whenever our producer was like, let's just let's just knock it out. Let's just continue rolling. No, I, I just <laughs> – that's a complicated situation, right? I, I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer. All right, good. Okay. But I, good I, morning. I, How are you? Good. We it, missed you on Friday. I missed – I got to listen to like the final 30 minutes of Friday's show. Because I was, I had just landed. Dude, I don't, whenever I have a flight to catch and it's, or I cannot sleep. So I was literally like running on fumes. I think I'd had, I tried to sleep on the flight, but it just, it, it wasn't working. Then I tried to listen to a, a murder podcast and then I got scared. So it was just, it was a long trip back. So I was listening to you and travel on Friday made me feel a little better. But so I'm I mean, I think we have to start here. KJ's on her way, so she'll join us after our first break. So this works out perfectly today. 
um, we we literally watched grown men reacting and media people reacting to someone that they were fearful of having passed away right before their eyes. I mean, as I'm watching this play out, I'm just in like jaw-dropped shock thinking, imagine watching one of your friends having CPR administered to them because they've stopped breathing. And then imagine for a moment that that reaction is being broadcast on live TV to millions of people that a story that then grows like this draws people to see what's going on. TJ was talking about, you know, Katie saying, hey, keep me up to date. I mean, how many people last night couldn't care less about a Monday night football game? Then all of a sudden start hearing the story going around and boom, they're instantly, they're in on ESPN's coverage just because this doesn't happen, right? This doesn't happen in the sports world. This doesn't happen, you know, in, in reality, in settings like this in, in, in life, you know, you, you don't, and thankfully I'm not trying to say, wow, you better watch this. That's not my point at all. Make sure I kind of cap everything very clearly. It pulled in an audience that might otherwise not have been interested in Monday Night Football because of the uniqueness, the scariness of the situation. And, and Right, not because there's anything wrong with that. That's kind of my point, but that's just, that's how it is. We don't see this. So, I don't know, I just thought, I was blown away by the piling on of the NFL. I mean, some of you people were – what was the analogy Drake made? Some of you guys were acting like that Roger Goodell was Caesar up in the booth and he put the thumbs down and it's like play on. I mean, it was just – it was crazy to see how quickly people piled on. Then the the trickling of and the battle of misinformation. I mean, that I, – I never understand. I've never understood my whole career. I've done this for a minute now. And it's not. It was even pre-interwebs. It was pre even even pre-Twitter, where you had people that wanted to be first so badly with even the slightest bit of information that they didn't care who it affected and who it might might hurt or in some ways help. But they're just gonna get that story out there. And I'll never I'll never understand that for the life of me, especially in a situation like that. So you had to you had to parse through the fake news last night, and that was challenging. But it was just I can't think of any other way to put it, but. It was just drama and, and sad in that, too. So I I found myself, Josh Helmer, glued to this all night last night, glued to Twitter for any single kind of an update. So at 9, 10 a.m., maybe a good time to just say, hey, here's what we know. Yeah. Okay? Here's the latest. Here's the latest that we know. There was an initial report. From someone who, from everyone, again, on my social media timeline, seemed to have as a legit source, there was a report that said he was, his vitals looked good and that they had, they had a pulse, which is good in this type of situation. There was, you know, then the further non-updates throughout the night, right? You're like, okay, why does this guy say this? And then suddenly, radio silence, right? That scared me a little bit whenever the first, you know, you, you have the incident, and I was trying to remember what, they had a name, chest um, constellitis or something of that nature to where it's a dramatic hit from the player or any individual. They were talking about like car crashes and things of that nature uh, where something like this could take place. 
And so as we learned, okay, why this was taking place, as we truly understood, okay, why there it is, uh, commotio cordis, a blow to the chest at a precise moment in the electrical cycle stops the heart. Um, so that was, that was it. That was, thank you, Josh. Look how quickly you are on the, on the draw. So that was the how, uh, or, or the why, excuse me, and, and, and how the collision with T. Higgins. And so then we started going through the process of, okay, what's, what do we know? Where are we here? So as we sit here today, here's the latest. Um, the Buffalo Bills tweeted last night, DeMar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit in our game versus the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field, which is scary, and he was transferred to UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. There were some players who stayed in, in Cincinnati last night, including Stephon Diggs, who went to the um, he went to the hospital, and then there were others that re- returned to Buffalo. We do not know um, by any stretch of the imagination what's next in this process. But they, uh, Troy Vincent did last night say that the NFL did not consider giving the players five minutes to warm up and then continue. So wherever that came from and obviously led to a lot of piling on the NFL, that's not true. So anything else? Can we get a break, Coach, so we can clinch the power? Okay. Anything else to add from what you've been able to gauge from last night? I, I think that was pretty comprehensive on where we're at. I mean, just look uh, – Scary situation. Scary. And the the only other thing I would say off the top is, as much as, yes, there were some folks that were trying to figure out, hey, where did the five-minute warm-up period come from? I thought, A, ESPN's coverage was very, very good last right. night. In a trying, scary situation, I thought from the, the host and the network, the way they navigated it was well done. But much more importantly than that, whether – or not, there was at some stage, Plank, the decision that, hey, five-minute warm-up period, we're restarting this game. Ultimately, the players, the coaches, the NFL, they got it right. Yeah, exactly. The game should not have been resumed last night. It was not resumed last night. Quick break. When we come back, KJ Kindler joins us. Meet week. Where are we for the Sooners? We'll dive into it next. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We'll have every update we possibly can on DeMar Hamlin throughout the day. But again, no updates this morning. And we roll on here on the Home of Sooner Fans. KJ Kindler, Meet Week. How about that? Yeah, already. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Hey, we've been talking a lot about this situation from last night on Monday Night Football. And I'll just ask, have you ever dealt with anything like that? And whenever you see something like that, I mean, just as a coach, I can imagine your your heart sinks, right? Yeah, I mean... of course, I haven't dealt with that. No, not not in our sport. We've certainly had, you know, some things that popped up related to the heart that mm-hmm. are concerning. Um, and you're as a coach, you you really are on edge. Just very nervous about that. I remember Lou one time. He played recreational basketball, and one of the guys he was playing with went down on the floor and. Um, they had to revive him right there. And oh he was gosh. a young guy. You know, he was in his early 50s, late 40s. Um, but those things, yeah, those are really scary things. Well, um, we'll continue to keep you updated as the show rolls on. How are you feeling about where things are and, and your preparation and anticipation of this week? And how do you feel about where everything is as we get set to 
go out and try to defend a national championship. You know, it is what it is at this point. We're just going in. It's the first meet of the year, and, and it's a, certainly going to be a big test for us against you know, three of the best teams in the country. Um, but at the same time, that first meet, you, you're you learning about your team. It's a gauge of what you need to do next and, and where you are. Um, we're as prepared as we can be going in, so uh, we'll just kind of – Kind of see how it rolls. I think it's fair to ask health-wise, you guys doing okay? You know, we were doing great, but we've had a couple uh, bumps in the road here actually in the last week. And so we're a little thinner than I had thought mm-hmm. we would be going in, but um, s- still strong. So we have not probably talked as much as we want to about this meet because in my mind – when you come in, I'm like, oh, we got plenty of time to talk about the season. And then, boom, all of a sudden, it's here. But this is this is big time. Super 16, yourselves, Auburn, Michigan, UCLA. So, number 10, number 4, number 5, number 1 in this event. And it's out in the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. So, it's showtime, man. It's a little glitzy out there. Yeah, and it's on podium. So, it's it really is kind of a Nationals kind of feel. Um, and to start the season kind of the way you ended it, <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like. That's what this group of, of teams will bring for sure. And you've got a couple Olympians in there. You know, um, you have other teams in the Super 16, Oregon State. Jade Carey is an Olympian. And then on UCLA's team, Jordan Childs. So there's some really big names uh, in this competition. Suni Lee, the gold medalist yep. at the Olympics, you know, with Auburn. So this is a Oh, this she's is still in school? Team. She is. Wow. This is her, you know what's interesting? This is her final, uh, her final year. She already announced that this will be, this will be it for her and she's a sophomore. So um, she wants to focus on the Olympics after this. So uh, I guess it's her farewell tour huh. as a sophomore. It's, <laughs> it, it's funny. That's hilarious. It's funny because it seems like she's been in college forever, but in the same vein, she's been on the national stage forever because she yes. won a gold medal. So that's sure. probably more the exposure than anything else. So you're going to, and then it literally, you turn right around in your second meet of the season. And you're taking on LSU and Baton Rouge. And as you've talked about, this move that we're making, you know, as, as, as soon or in 2025 when it happens, we're going into a place where, I mean, women's gymnastics, it's big time. And we, we've seen sellout crowds at Alabama. And what do you expect when you go to Baton Rouge on the 16th? Now, we'll have more time to talk about it, but what do you expect down there? I mean, they have over 9,000 season ticket holders. That thing's oh going to be sold out. There's no doubt about it. And uh, it's their first home meet of the year. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be booming. And I'll tell you, that is probably the most electric environment in college gymnastics right now. You you won't find a seat in the house, and their student section is outrageous. So we're ready. We're ready. Tomatoes, whatever, throw it. <laughs> <laughs> but but. And the Vegas deals, as you mentioned, on podium and being out there, it's going to be a big deal, too. It is a big deal. I mean, really, this month of January is brutal on us. You know, you got Utah after that. That's number right. Three. Finally so home. It's, it's just really going to be a huge test for us early on. Um, and and obviously motivated them in the off season to, to be as ready as they could be. So um, opening weekend, I don't want you to give away too many secrets, but – between, say, Olivia, Faith, um, Reagan, how are we looking in the all-around right now? I mean, uh, it's it's pretty competitive for those spots, right? Yeah. I, w- I mean, we're, we're going to have three all-arounders in this first meet. Faith, 
Freshman. Um, who you True mentioned. freshman, yep. Faith Torres. Faith will be doing all around Audrey Davis. Oh, that's nice. And Catherine Lavasser. Okay. Yeah. So we have three. Um, Reagan, three eventer, definitely. Um, so it's a, it's a strong group. There's no doubt about it. We have several. Jordan Bowers, mm-hmm. three, three or four. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but there there is... Uh, a lot. There are a lot of people taking on a lot of responsibility. Depth is something you don't typically have in mm-hmm. in the all around spot. How nice is it for you? And then obviously in that, how do you manage it? Yeah, it's great. But at the same time, like you said, those all arounders uh, have the most, um, you know, the most on them as right. far as not just responsibility but physically. And so we really have to manage that week in and week out. Um, Flora, you know, is really the event that taxes you the most. And I, I know a lot of people, you know, you watch a basketball game, it's running back and forth constant, and, and our floor routine's only a minute and a half, but um, it takes a lot out of you. You have to have really good endurance to get, get through it week after week. Yeah, um, and someone like Faith, and you know what, I had my roster up here, so I was looking smart. Your other freshman? Ava. Ava, very impressive. You – uh. These freshmen, these newcomers are experiencing more week-to-week competition than probably they ever have in their life. So what's that adjustment period like? How do you handle that as a coach? Is it more on conditioning or is it just more on using them when when you can't – arrest them when you can? Or is it just, hey, you're in this now, let's go? You're in this now, let's go. <laughs> because resting's really not an option. They have to get used to the – the schedule and I, I think they'll be able to handle it well um, and you get better you know you get better when you're out there competing week after week after week a lot of these young women they'll have a meet and they won't have another one for six weeks mm-hmm. and you know what happens in that time a lot right a lot um, if you make a mistake in that first meet you have to wait a long time to remedy it if you have great success then you know perhaps you're not those six weeks are wasted you just you just get better when you're week in week out what um? Where do you feel right now is, gosh, I say the strength, but when you read that, I feel like the strength is everywhere. <laughs> it's, I think it's fair to say, as loaded of a roster as you've had coming back and then this wild mix of experience and then these two newcomers that are just electric and, and, and athletes who have been fighting for their opportunity to get in the rotation. I mean, I'd ask where your strength is right now, but I, I kind of feel like just maybe what roster depth is a strength for this team. Yeah, I think roster depth is is definitely a strength. The vaults um, we're in a little better position than we were last year at the beginning, um, but I still think we have a lot more potential on vault coming. You know, coming in the next few weeks. So um, I don't. You know, it's hard to say what our strongest event is. It really is. Um, we're we're kind of even, Steven, across the board. <laughs> That's good to see. And as you mentioned, uh, last year, hold on, let me, tell me how I'm doing on my memory here. This is completely not cheating. I felt like last year at times there were some issues on the beam, um, but pretty solid all the way around. Is there an area that in 2023 might kind of be something to watch early that needs to improve, like maybe the beam was at times last year, or am I off? You must have gone to that West Virginia meet. That was the meet I went to. As a matter of fact, was that the, that was the bad beam meet, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. That. Not that I remember those things, but um, that was rough. That was yeah. a rough day. For but for us. the most part, it was good throughout the year. We call that a beam catastrophe. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm writing that one down so yeah. I can use it more often. Yeah, um, but we've had a bar catastrophe before too. Like these things happen, you know. Um, 
I thought it was a little bit out of character for them, that meet. And mm-hmm. then we had to, but once that happens, mentally, you have to get back on track. And that can take weeks, you know. Um, the first meet back, you're a little jittery after that happens and you're not as sharp. And then, you know, you kind of work your way back into confidence. Um, so, gotcha. yes, the goal would never to have that happen. But at the same time, it it can make you better, you right. know, especially mentally stronger. Um, so is there an event? I don't know. You know, I just I, I think we have to get out there and compete and right. see how it looks. Is it good for you to start on podium like this? Yes, because it's easier on the body. Gotcha. And so for the, it, it's a little more uh, forgiving, but it's also a, a little different feel on the equipment, especially on beam uh, and floor. Those those events um really change on podium the timing right. so you have to kind of get it under control we have a workout day on the podium which helps that's good that's so you guys going out on thursday to get that workout we day are of, oh mm-hmm. that's good and friday we'll have a workout day and saturday compete so. now this is a very kind of dad question and then a friend question on the dad's side you're in vegas how do you handle that on the friend side do you get to enjoy yourself at all <laughs> okay that was a good one wasn't it uh <laughs> No. No. Enjoy ourselves. Oh, you're in Vegas. I mean, come on. Steakhouse, <laughs> maybe see a show I will or say this. We are staying an additional day. Oh, that's and, good. And uh, bringing the team to O. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, which is a very gymnastic-centric. I was going to say. Cirque show. And okay. I think they will really enjoy it. I don't know if they know yet, but they know now. Well. <laughs> um, but it's definitely something we do after. You know, we're we're there. We're there for business. We're Good. getting down to business, and it's something we'll do on Sunday. And I think they'll really enjoy it. I think, it, uh, you know, anytime you can do something with the team like that, especially at the beginning of the year, you're bringing them together. There, There's a lot of chemistry involved in our sport. So Have you, uh, Josh? Have you heard of O before the show? No, I haven't. It's, Are you kidding? Yeah, I. I Sorry, coach. Can I be <laughs> honest with you? I hadn't been too familiar. A couple of, I'd say, months ago, I was trying to talk the whole family into a trip to Vegas to see a Raiders game, which would have been this weekend, which would have been terrible since Derek R is benched. But I had looked up on O, and I was like, my kids would love this. But it does bring a question. It's very, as you mentioned, gymnastic centric. It's a show. So my father-in-law is a musician. So anytime I'm watching music with him or we're watching a live event, he's always judgy. He's like, guy's not holding his guitar, right? Or he's not doing this. <laughs> oh my I, Whenever I'm emceeing or when I'm at an event where someone's emceeing and it's not me, I'm like, boy, this guy's not doing well. Do I need to go help him? Do you feel whenever something that is very gymnastics oriented like, oh, could there be some judging going on from the Sooner Women's Gymnastics team? No, I think they'll be in awe. Okay, the, all right. The, the performers in that have, you know, really crafted their trade. They are right. amazing at what they do. And in fact, have you seen it? Daredevils, I certainly have. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. But um, you'll have to Google it. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> Educate myself clearly <laughs> because it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. It's like it, it's a Cirque, Cirque du Soleil, but it's also right. water, right? Um, so there's diving and all sorts of other things in it, and it's just really, really so. Incredible. In other words, they w- if it's in Vegas, you know that look, it's, it's right. pretty spectacular. It's like 20 years running, is it really? Yeah, that's that's 20 years that I've been uneducated, I, uh, <laughs> sleeping. <What's laughs> that's right. How dare you rest on us, Josh? Um, but that is that's cool because I've you've been around you've been around people where they'll be in an event. Oh, well, they're not doing that right, but they'll enjoy it. They'll immerse oh, themselves yes. in it. Oh yes, oh yeah. It's good to hear. Um, are you excited about where this team is? Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited to get started. Um, I think 
again, I think we have some really great chemistry, and I think we have um, a really good shot at at going for it again. Can we stop the clock from moving? Seeing that I, your daughter's here with you, and she she looks like a high schooler, and she's in eighth grade. And the last time I saw her, she was nine. I mean, I what are we what are we doing? I don't know. It goes way too fast. <laughs> Holiday's good though. You didn't end up getting uh, up to Minnesota for a minute. You were stuck in the traveling travel madness. Yeah, we had a few cancellations, but we got up there on on the eve, and All so right. um, it was freezing, and we stayed inside most of the time. And there was a fire going, so that was good. <laughs> but uh, it was quick. It was a quick trip. It's, it's everything seemed quick over the holidays, and you give the girls time, but when they get back, it's left lane hammer down into the season. Have you seen that commitment that you want to see coming off a break and getting ready to defend your national championship? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's hard to get back into it. Everyone needs that family time. There's no doubt about it. But you definitely get out of mode a little bit. So we've been getting back in, in a rhythm. And I feel like that last couple practices have been great. We have two more to go, and then we're out of here. Good luck, Coach. Thank you. Go get a dub. All right. All right. By the way. Expectations number-wise in your head? Do you set an early season where you want it, or do you just kind of let it – like, in other words, when you think about your score for this weekend, I know where you want to be by the end of the season. I mean, you want to be there now? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we've we've really never set a score, okay. just kind of a an, an idea of success that we want to see on each event um, because we can't control that, you know? We Judges' really can't. hands. Yep, and so especially in this first meet, just to gauge everything, it's it's about hitting. It's really about hitting. Good luck. Have fun. Thank you. That's KJ Kindler. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll hit the latest on what we know about DeMar Hamlin, plus some roster management notes for OU football right here on The Ref. All right, we're still waiting for any potential news or update on DeMar Hamlin and his situation, but it was oh, – I still don't know, Josh, if I feel overly comfortable with just having to watch all that last night. Not, I shouldn't say having to, but watching all that, choosing to. It's, I mean, my gosh, man. I'm, uh, imagine for guys that were teammates of his, you're watching a dude literally have his life saved on the field, or at least we hope. I don't mm-hmm. know how. I, I was really happy they postponed the game last night. They got it right. Yeah. They got it right. Feel however you want to feel about the the warm-up portion and just the awkwardness of a couple of moments last night. But ultimately, do do we agree they at the, the end result, whether or not it was because of a little bit of criticism and they had other plans, they, they did get it right. So that, that part was uh, good last night. But, man, yeah, it's just the, the coverage, I was, I was glued to it, but hated being glued to it. It was just so scary, man. It's still scary. I, uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy. I, I can't say the word enjoyed in something like this, but I appreciated right the perspective of guys like Ryan Clark. I thought I thought Booker McFarland was really good last night. As much flack as he's gotten, and you and I have historically, poked, yeah, you you and I have poked fun at Booker McFarland Plotty right on this sure. show, and I don't think we're alone in having done so. He really shined last night in that moment with his empathy and just the way that, again, in general, he hand- – I mean, out of that desk right there, himself, Schefter, and Susie Colber, which he's by two incredible professionals in both Schefter and Colber, he was the star last night. Yeah, it's it's sad, man. 
it's it's a sad story. But, you know, hopefully this has a hopefully this has a happy ending. You know, it's 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 wild because there is this there's this part of me, Josh, that you know, I I feel like the question that Skip Bayless asked is, "How can you not play this game?" You know, it's I don't know how they're going to play this game, period. And I you know, I thought Scott Van Pelt and those guys did a really good job uh, during the evening kind of lightly navigating into that area because, you know, what do you do? Is this game just going to be canceled? And I know it's the farthest thing from anyone's minds and concerns right now, but, you know, that at some point, you know, I they're going to – because Buffalo's players are going back home. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not playing this game today, and I sure don't think they're going to play it tomorrow either. So I don't think they're going to play the game. I don't either. And Nor I don't know that they. they need to. Right. Now, the next question becomes, how do you handle the seating portion of it? Plank, right. I think we're headed for a situation we've never seen before in the sense that I don't think you punish the Buffalo Bills for not playing the game. I think that when it's all said and done, even if Kansas City – beats Las Vegas, and by virtue of that would have finished as the number one seed, I think Buffalo's going to get home field, and I think probably they should get home field. This is that unique of a situation. I don't think you can punish the Buffalo Bills. And I don't I don't even know. I don't even know, you know when and how you, you can even start addressing that until we get any updates on how DeMar Hamlin is doing. Boy, just everyone always wants to have some sort of villain – in, in all of these, and I guess what the NFL kind of became it last night, but I mean, the NFL and Skip Bayless were the two right, two right exactly. And, and the NFL came, I was like, whoa, whoa wait, wait a minute, we <laughs> no one ever said anything about a five minute warm up period, and no one ever told them they had to go out and play. And I just, I, I, I feel like that you know sometimes we get so caught up in the well, whose fault is this that you realize, man, things like this. They they happen, and you're not in real prepared life. for it at all. The the league wasn't prepared for it. Roger Goodell, everybody, nobody was prepared for what happened last night. The players, the coaches. I mean, I was I was thinking about it from the perspective of moments that I remember seeing something of this nature and how they, as just a a human, affected me. Right, I remember seeing, you know, Hank Gathers collapse on the court and I know that's before a lot of people's times and you know it's kind of wild to think that 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 wasn't even I don't even know if that game was on live TV it happened to be a it happened to be someone that was and I actually you know looking back I I believe it was I think it was like a late night ESPN game or something of that nature but you didn't have games all the time on like you did like you do today Um, and I think it was a, a camera of a local news guy that actually caught the angle of Hank going down, that thing, man, that, I was in like sixth grade. That scarred me for – I was just so – you didn't have answers. Um, they had brought up the Reggie Brown whenever he was with the line. I don't remember that. Um, I, I hadn't that, – that one wasn't one that, that I remembered. The Detroit Lions game that was making the rounds? Yeah, yeah. Mike Utley, uh, Dennis Bird. You know, Dennis Bird is in Tulsa. Great dude, man, if you've had the time to – to uh, had the time to meet Dennis Bird. He, he was – he is absolutely um, a, a wonderful human being, uh, and and he he passed away. He lost his life. I want to say like six years ago, but 
I mean, it, again, he was able to live a, a great life despite, you know, being paralyzed. And that moment on the field was still kind of jarring when that happened. But, I mean, that you didn't even think about moments when dudes are just down and you don't know. Um, they had the situation at Tulsa, the University of Tulsa, a couple of years ago with the Tulane player. Whenever they had to, they had to use. I remember listening to the TU radio network and hearing a pop reporting on it. You're just, oh my gosh, this is really happening. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 the, the, the Damian Harmon situation earlier this year. Like literally, he's down in the field and you just don't know what's going on, right? Um, so scary, man. No situations last night. Oof. I I never seen anything like that though in football where a guy just goes down, and you realize, okay. Because we, I, in watching it, you're like, did he hit his head harder than I think? Or was there something with the shoulder? But then whenever you rewatched it over and over, you realize, no, 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 this is, this is overly concerning right now with what's going on. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely was. I don't know what to add to just seeing the moment outside of this. We don't have any true updates. The overnight update from the Bills was this, and we're going to hit this a lot today. So um, that way, if you know if anything breaks, we'll be here for you. Demar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit in our game versus the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field, and he was transferred to UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. The Cincinnati Hospital, where Hamlin was being kept last night, announced that there would be no updates on his condition, which I won't lie to you, that was scary as, as hell whenever I saw that. That was scary. I was like, oh, my gosh, is why are they not giving updates? His marketing guy just gave us an update. Why are they not giving now updates? Now it's radio silent. Right, exactly. And the NFL came out very – very quickly last night, I think they kind of saw the backlash. We're like, whoa, 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 hold on. And maybe I think Joe Buck had missed – maybe he misspoke or maybe it was something that the teams had talked about doing or game ops there. But uh, Vince had said, quote, frankly, the competitive aspect never crossed my mind, never crossed our mind internally. It was really about DeMar and making sure, look, I've, I've never seen anything like this since I've been playing. So immediately my player hat went on. How do you resume playing when such a traumatic event occurs in front of you in real time? And that's the way we were thinking about it, the commissioner and I. Well, I think it's worth saying this as well. Even if the NFL initially thought, okay, five minutes, and then we're going to get back to play, they reversed course and got it right. Right. And it was – we've listed some of the other examples over the – decades long right of sports where something similar has happened but generally speaking this is so scary it's so unique that you're not really prepared for it and even if initially the response was hey we're, we're gonna resume play in five minutes cooler heads prevailed and they realized no we're not gonna resume playing play in five minutes and whether that was the players and the coaches that kind of locked arms, as SVP was saying on Center last night, and said, you know, banding together, we're not playing this game. And the NFL said, you know, you're right, we're not playing this game. Or if it was the NFL saying, guys, we don't think that this game needs to take place tonight. I keep coming back to the bottom line is, 
if they got it wrong to begin with, they ultimately got it right. And yep. it was such a unique situation that I know it's easy to point the finger and say, how dare the NFL? It, I I think they, they get a little grace from me in that regard, I guess, for if they got it wrong initially, ultimately getting it right. Because, again, it, it I just you're not prepared for that. This is a good point. Uh off the air comfort solutions text line from the nine one eight. Um I also hope T. Higgins is gonna be okay. Mentally he's gotta be shaken. And I won't lie to you, man, I was I didn't even think about that as the as the evening was going on. But then as you started to see the report of what may have led to this, you know, as you're T. Higgins, it's like, whoa, that's I I was the guy that barreled into him. And I'm willing to bet that DeMar Hamlin has taken much harder shots before in his life, but I guess it's just, you know, based on like what what they say, like not less than two hundred incidents of this. I think it was like less than twenty incidents of this that happened and it might have even been less than that. Period. If it's Camosio Cortez. Right, right. If it is, right, thank you. <laughs> Josh always like, hold up, hold up. You're trying to play doctor, but you're right. You're absolutely right. Um I yeah, you're right. That's a hundred percent a good point. Uh, for the 580, you just mentioned Dennis Bird. I actually met him when I was in high school. He came out to Mexi- to New Mexico hunting, and my dad guided him on a hunt. It was after his accident, but it was so cool to see him living life. He gave me an autographed card, which I still have. Super nice guy. I met, um, you know, because I think for me, you know, I think I, I see the DeMar Hamlin situation. I think about the Mike Utleys of the world, things I saw whenever I was watching football. Dennis Bird, you know, I brought up Hank Gathers a little bit earlier in the program. But I met I met Dennis at a TU football game, and I thoroughly I mean he he treated me like we had been best friends our whole life, and he we talked for gosh probably like ten minutes. I think he came on our show a few times too, but he he battled through man, and he uh, unfortunately we lost Dennis in a car wreck in 2016 in Claremore. So great dude all the way around, but another one of those moments where as you're watching it play out, you know, those memories are the ones that come to your mind. A lot of really good text on this, so we'll get to the reaction to it. We've got roster updates for Oklahoma football. My first day back from the, the cheese at Bowl, so I've got some thoughts and some notes to share from that trip. I thought it was a good trip for Oklahoma, and I know everyone's had, gosh, we had a full day of show Fridays. You had the weekend to kind of dive through it. Our bosses were kind enough to give us Monday off to kind of refresh over the weekend, so I mean, we're five days removed, but I still have some things I wanted to share from it. Plus, more of your texts will continue to monitor the situation involving DeMar Hamlin and big ups to KJ Kindler for joining us right here on The Plank Show. Do you want to do the Skip Bayless segment here real quick? Yeah, we okay. can. I mean, obviously, it's the topic that I don't know that everybody wants to hear from, but it's yeah. certainly no. polarizing. I, I thought this was really good from the 918, and for some reason, there's people that and I'm guilty of this, that y'all give attention to that is just starved for attention, and I've never really understood why, but if it bothers you and you want to react to it, I guess they're doing their job. But in this case, I I found this to be fascinating. Um, The 918 writes on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, if I'm honest, everyone is overreacting to the Skip Bayless tweet. I get it. Not the best time to talk about the game going on, but he had already expressed his concern and condolences towards DeMar Hamlin in the previous tweet, and even in said tweet, he expressed that going on with the game seemed irrelevant at that point. I tend to agree with that line of thinking, though I would just say this. 
speaking only for myself, Plank, and not for anybody else, and this is not the gospel because I'm sharing this perspective, but it's just how I felt last night. I composed and deleted probably 15, 20. Oh, same. Just because there's nothing valuable that I was going to add last night from a public perspective. And ultimately, I think that's the mistake that Skip Bayless made. There was just no reason to be tweeting, right? And I know that he's not the only person that was, but he was a victim because of his platform of coming across as insensitive, thinking, speculating, what is this going to mean for the NFL schedule, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's what it boils down to. Yeah, no. Um, and I do think – and I do think, Josh, that there is this mindset of who it comes from. and The track record. Right. You're kind of tired of it. I, th- I feel like part of it – I feel like part of it is just trying to say something because everyone felt like they needed to say something, and I'm glad everyone found the, uh, the fundraiser that he did for – for underprivileged kids. I thought that was really incredible last night. The only good story out of last night, right, was that. But, yeah, I just – we're all, like I said, right, we're always looking for someone to point out and say, how dare you in these situations. And he was that individual. And he was it. <laughs> all right, quick break. When we come back, uh, let's talk roster for OU football next.